We pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, imagine a person walking in front of the White House. This person is seeking access to the President of the United States. Better yet, imagine that you are that person out there on Pennsylvania Avenue. There you are in fine form. Your shoes are polished. Your hair is combed. You've got your Sunday go to meet and clothes on. You want an audience with the commander-in-chief. You want access to him because of some burning questions, issues that he could perhaps rectify. First, there's the problem of the catch basins that the Department of Transportation installed at all the corners of downtown Tillamook. What were they thinking? Somebody's going to go drive into one of those or fall over those artsy guardrails. They're a lawsuit waiting to happen. Tillamook shouldn't be left on the hook for damages. And then there's the issue of income taxes. Mine are way too high, which means somebody else's are way too low. Somebody has to pay for government. If I there's the South Jetty into Tillamook Bay, maybe the president could make a few phone calls. Get the Army Corps of Engineers moving. I mean, how many lives do we have to lose before the government wakes up and owns up? But let's be honest. There are far too many barriers between us, between you and the president. The gates are locked. The guards are on alert. And the Secret Service is more inclined to shoot first and ask questions later about those who rush the gate. But what if... What if the president looks out his window there on Pennsylvania Avenue and sees you? What if he calls his detail over and says, let that citizen in. We need to have a talk. Oh, boy, there you are, ushered into the Oval Office. The president listens intently to what you have to say. He picks up the phone and makes a few calls. Too good to be true, right? Well, yeah, with the president of the United States, yes. But with the king of the universe, that's an entirely different matter. You have friends in high places. Today is Monday, Thursday, and this is the eighth edition of our series, Let My People Go, a series on the book of Exodus. And tonight, we come to Exodus 24. It begins with these words in verse 1. Then he, that is God, said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. Worship from afar? Don't get too close. Moses, Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders simply don't have access. There are far too many barriers between them and the Lord. Yahweh, the Lord, after all, is the holy, infinite, eternal all-powerful, all-knowing, and only God. Yahweh is in a league all his own. Yahweh has no peers. Sure, Yahweh descended upon Mount Sinai in a cloud and in great glory, but Israel's leaders must worship him from afar. Why is that? Well, the Bible says that we were all born dead in trespasses and sin. The Bible says that we are by nature God's enemies, not his friends. The Bible says that we are fading leaves, empty cisterns, and flowers quickly fading. The Bible says that we are rebels, prodigals, prone to wander, hard-hearted, selfish, and lost in sin. 
But God continues in verse 2. Moses alone shall come near to Yahweh, but the others shall not come near, and the people shall not come up with him. Why does Moses get to come near? Well, Moses gets to come near because Moses is the mediator, the go-between between God and Israel. Moses is going to bridge the gap between Israel's leaders and God. How so? Well, Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant with Yahweh has made with you in accordance with all these words. Blood, after all, is how the Israelites got out of Egypt. The Passover lamb is slain, and his blood is splattered on the doorposts and the lintels of their homes. And the angel of death passes over the Israelite homes, but passes through the houses of the Egyptians. Passes through and strikes every firstborn in Egypt dead. Every man, every beast. Blood is how the Israelites got out of Egypt. Blood is how Israelites gain access to God. Blood is all that we need. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on them, on the chief men of Israel. And they beheld God, and they ate, and they drank. These Israelites not only see the God of Israel, they eat and drink in his presence. Talk about access. And this is God's gift to you. Blood is how they got out of Egypt. Blood is how we get out of Egypt. Egypt, our house of guilt and remorse, our lives of darkness and death. Blood is how we gain access to God. Blood is all we need. Whose blood? Christ's blood. Calvary isn't a sudden tragedy. Christ's execution isn't God's knee-jerk reaction to a world spinning out of control. No way! Revelation 13.8 states, The Lamb was slain from the creation of the world. Before the world was made, the Father planned for his Son's blood to be shed. On Good Friday, the Jews wanted Barabbas. Herod wanted a show. Pilate wanted out. Caiaphas wanted death. The soldiers just wanted to have some fun. And the executioners, all they wanted was Jesus' blood. Their strategy was singular. Beat him to within an inch of his life and then stop. With his back lacerated by the lashes, they shove the crossbeam on his shoulders and when they come to Calvary, then they nail him to it. And there he hangs. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All is not right in the world because God is in his heaven. No, no way. All is right with the world. Because God is on the cross. Let me say that again. All is right with the world because God is on the cross. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brothers, we have confidence, confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus, we have access. Access to the most holy place. Access to the throne of the almighty God. Access to the heart of him who rules the sun, the moon, and the stars, access to our Father, who wields a full monopoly of power in heaven and on earth for us, his children. By the blood of Jesus, we enter into God's presence with confidence, not shaking and trembling, 
not with angst and fear. We enter with confidence. That word confidence shows up 31 times in the New Testament. Why is that? Well, the message of the New Testament is singular. By the blood of Jesus, we have unlimited access to the most holy place of the most holy God who has the most holy name. That's confidence. Confidence to live. Confidence to speak. Confidence when we pray. Confidence when we suffer. And even confidence when we die. Unlimited access. This is God's gift to Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel. They see the God of Israel. They eat and drink untouched in his presence. So why do we remain outside all alone, feeling as though we have no access to the most powerful person in the universe? At this table, we not only have access to God, we see God when we eat and drink the true body and the true blood of Jesus. Imagine that. Unlimited access. It's God's gift in Christ at this table for you. Amen. Now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.